All right, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Faye Answered Questions, the podcast where the Faye family tries to answer questions about life. This week, I'm joined uh, by my mother, Mom. Hello. And my sister, Felicity. Hello. All right. Sad times, no dad this week. That's okay. We're going to press on. <laughs> and this week, uh, Mom, what's the question? The question is your health. Um, who's responsible for it? Um, do you need to be your own advocate? How to make a doctor's appointment? Do you really need a GP, which is family doctor, general practice doctor? What what should you do? What should you have? Just kind of basic health care questions. Well, I am in good health and I am young and I will live forever. So <laughs> get a GP. It is a pain in the ass to try to make an appointment and where you have to go over repeatedly all the fucking shit that is wrong with you. Mm. Fair that, that's the point. Um, on that, I had the same GP from the time I was four until last year, year and a half ago, he retired. I was about to say RIP Dr. Hardy's not dead. He's just retired. <laughs> He's retired. And so that was traumatic for me because he knew everything. Like one example of it was um, as I got older, I wanted to have a baseline for all of my levels and, and everything. And so we went in and we just did a physical check and he's like, take your shoes off. Let me check between your toes for melanomas. He said, you grew up on a farm running around barefoot everywhere. That's one place people forget to check. So like he knew my history. He knew that, you know, certain times of the year, my allergies would act up. I'd lose my voice and that I was more prone to bronchitis and different things. So having that and being able to go in and just go, yeah, it's that time of year, doc. What do we need to do? Instead of, as Felicity said, every time you need to see a doctor, you have to go over your whole thing. And they're just, it's nuts. <laughs> I cannot describe to you how much of a pain it is to dig out the notebook and then go in and go, I've had bronchitis this many times. I had asthma as a kid. I'm allergic to latex. That's new. Uh, I'm allergic to pineapple. It is, I cannot tell you how much of a pain it is to spend upwards of two extra hours when it really should have just taken an hour to get in and get out. Right. And like, and I remember growing up, like we went to see Dr. Hart when mm -hmm. we were in Arkansas. Um, but like, we never really had to go to the doctor all that much. And so like my relationship with the doctor's office has been kind of weird. Cause like, I, I remember going in when I was like 12 or something and then after that, like, I didn't see him again for another four or five years, something <laughs> like that. And I went in, and I was like, ah, my throat hurts. It's bad. I, I don't know. <laughs> but and then I just, I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm, I'm not at the point where like I'm settled down anywhere. So I haven't thought about getting a, a GP or anything. I don't even know how to begin searching for a GP. Well, that's kind of the other thing I wanted to talk about when I was uh, when posing the questions about patient advocacy and that kind of stuff. This is your body. You know what your body does. You know what feels right, what's wrong. You know, like, well, this isn't right. Um, so I also look at it this way. 
I'm paying them. So they work for me. I'm going to interview them. And if I go in and I don't like them, I'm going to find another doctor. Um, you know, look online, do your research, see what, um, what the reviews are. But when you're looking at the reviews for a doctor, take it with a grain of salt. Look at the date. It was posted as to the date you're reading it. Um, if a lot of them are the same theme through there, then you have a pretty good idea. If the theme is, well, the bedside manner's not great. This isn't, then you go, oh, can I put up with that? Or do I want one that, that is going to be a bit nicer and tell me what I need to know, but not be a jerk about it. So, right. um, and because we have moved a lot through our lifetime. The other thing is, you know, when you go into a new place, find a doctor you can, you can deal with. When you are leaving there, get a copy of your records. Keep it on hand. I have a, I have the latest copy of all of our records of your dad and I that he had to go to and do his yearly physical stuff for his insurance. And he had his file, took it, showed it to him. They were like, okay, that's where we are. Great. I see you've had X, Y, and Z or, you know, whatever. And it made the, the visit a little bit easier. So they are your records. You are entitled to see what the doctor wrote about you. You're entitled to have a copy of it and okay. you need to advocate for yourself. Yeah. That's the thing they don't tell you about growing up is like how much friggin' paperwork you got to carry around. <laughs> like I never, that's something I never thought about. It's like, Oh, you got, you know, doctor's records, tax forms and all this other stuff that you got to get, you know, keep safe. And like, I like, that's that's one the whole side of being adult like i've never known about pretty much i went to walmart i got that nice little file folder that's decorated on the outside that looks pretty comes to the handle and it is stuffed full of all my car payments my doctors my car has more information than my doctor folder <laughs> <laughs> but josh you don't have the trouble of going and finding like several different doctors you can, no, you can yeah. settle for the GP. I have to go find a fucking gynecologist. <laughs> yes. Ooh. I've got to schedule a mammogram. I have like five doctors I have to find that take the insurance I have, which is just a pain in the ass up here. And, and that's the thing, you know, you, you kind of look at, you know, what doctors are in network, out of network. If your doctor's out of your insurance network, you're going to have to pay more than do all the filing and, and that, but if they are a good doctor that you can communicate with and they're listening to you, it's worth that. Yeah. What, what's the deal with the in network and out of network stuff? Cause that's something that may to me makes zero sense and needs to be fixed. But like, and I've never known about like, you have to like, like if you're having a heart attack, do you have to comparison shop hospitals that are in network or out of network while you're dying? Like, <laughs> No, if it's an emergency, that's a little bit different. <laughs> in network means those doctors take your insurance and insurance um, that doctor has filed the paperwork to be able to take that, to take that insurance out of network is they're not on there. They will pay for it. Probably not as much and you'll be out of pocket a bit more. Okay. And Felicity has a clarification on that. <laughs> I just went to the dermatologist and I had a few moles removed and checked to make sure none of the ones I currently had were cancerous because one of them started changing, freaking out. 
everything's fine. But I went there and had them check my insurance before I did anything. Absolutely. Okay. So everybody in the office and I thought it was an in-network one. I get the bill last week. It is not an in-network one. They took some of the cost off, but I still owe them $438 for removing three moles and getting them lab tested. What? what the heck? Can you talk? I never would have gone to the dermatologist had they actually ran it through properly and told me it was not covered. Right. I would have been like, I'm dying from skin cancer. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, and that's and that's also when you're on your parents' insurance and you live in other areas than what is considered your area where your parents live. That's why you have that bit of issue. Um, bliss is because you are several states away from where we are. So they're not familiar with our insurance. Oh, well aware. Still haven't found a gynecologist. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's a problem of um, people your age are, are, you know, I say children or kids or whatever, if you're on your parents' insurance, which you can be on there until you're 26 and you have this great job opportunity and you're across the country, that's the kind of issues you're going to have to deal with. Yeah. I'm talking to somebody from my job right now trying to get insurance, but it is, it has been such a pain finding anybody. Like I haven't been to the dentist yet because I can't find somebody who will take the fucking insurance out here. I'm right. ready to have a cavity. Oh dear. <laughs> So, I mean, it, I'm I'm not a socialist, but things need to change. <laughs> Maybe school payers the way to grow. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, it used to be a lot easier, but it's it's not so much anymore because some of them, some insurance companies and networks will only pay so much, where other ones will pay more or less for a different same procedure type of thing. So it's always an an interesting fight on that but coming back to it's your health so you are responsible for your health your doctor's not responsible for your health if you don't like your doctor find a new doctor yes it's a pain you have to go through it again but find find a doctor that you can relate to you can talk with that works with you um it'll make your health care a whole lot easier and you won't be as stressed about it because you do like them. I mean, like I had some surgery done a few years ago and I interviewed like three, three doctors in their offices before I picked one. And I, there was a, the two that I did not go with was because of, I mean, I went in there, I didn't like the way, the staff interacted with each other or with the patients that were there. The patients that were there looked miserable and not happy. Um, the last one I went to, there was a range of patients in there. The staff was bubbly, happy. They interacted with each other respectfully and nice. And they interacted with the patients that were there. Just wonderful. Um, come to find out after I had my procedure, I ran into my childhood best friend and he was like, Oh, who did you have? And I told him and he's like, Oh, he's a great doctor. And he's a PA in one of the really big ERs here. And he said, Oh, anytime we have issues with this, this is who we call. Um, he's great. So it pays to 
interview your doctors. Make sure you're comfortable with them. Yeah, like, and how does that conversation work? You just show up somewhere and you go up to the front desk. And you're like, "Hey, man, uh, looking to get some procedures done. Can I talk to your doctor or well, the doctor?" <laughs> like, no, what, you, call do you, do? you call and make an appointment. It's more than likely going to cost you some money. You may have to pay a copay for an office visit. That is a bunch of baloney, right there. Twenty-five to thirty bucks. It's not that big of a deal. You are taking their time, but you. You go in and, and you say, I'm looking for, like new to the area. I'm looking for a new doctor. I would like to set an appointment. Go in and visit with them. Visit with their nurse. Gauge the patients in the waiting room. Right now, that's a little hard to do being that it's COVID and we're all, you know, it's all different. But you need to see how they, they interact. I haven't found a GP yet because I like an old school GP. I like an older doctor who has practiced longer than I've been alive, which is now getting harder to find. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, mom. <laughs> well, the key word is practice. And a lot of them now, I find the young ones, they don't listen to what I'm saying. They dismiss me. Um, they just want to refer. That's all they know how to do is, oh, well, you, oh, you have, you're having problems with your lungs. Well, you need to go see a lung specialist. No, you little punk ass. You need to pull your head out of your butt, get your medical books out and figure out what this is. I mean, you have a stethoscope around your neck. Do I need to choke you with it? Or do you need to listen to my lungs? So, <laughs> listen here, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, I, Anymore, I'm not backwards and coming forward. I'm like, look, I'm interviewing you. I'm paying you. You're going to work for me. And this is how this is going to go. And if you can't work with that, then we're not going to have a good relation. I know my body. I know my health. I know where I am on this. If I'm coming to you with an ailment or a complaint, let me tell you, it's probably been two weeks bugging me before I've broken down to go, oh, I probably should go in and, and do that. Um, you know, which happened a few weeks ago when I've been putting off because I had kidney pain and I was like, Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It'll go away. I'll just drink more water. No, yeah, I had to get some antibiotics for that. So unless it's not going away unless it's a kidney stone, it just comes out naturally. Yeah. It it wasn't a kidney stone. I was kind of worried there for a bit, but you know, that's, that's the type of thing. You have to know how your body is. Now, not everybody's like us and, and not, I mean, we're, we're kind of tough and stubborn and we just wait things out and let our body try to take care of it. So when we go in, we need something then. Right. And, and, you know, and the other point I wanted to talk about was patient advocacy. And I know Felicity probably has a little bit more experience with this than the rest of us because of her line of work. But I mean, do you see a lot of that Felicity? I do. I see a lot of people brushing off my clients despite their thick fucking medical records. I'm sorry. I did not drive and wrestle my client into a fucking car for you to tell me there's nothing wrong. Do not make me sit them on the chair and take their wheelchair and beat you with it. (laughs) They are here because something's wrong. Just because they're older does not mean you can just dismiss them out of hand. 
Right. And it's uh, frustrating, but it's happened a lot. Like I just had um, one of my um, friends works for different company, um, got this client, was in horrible condition because none of the other caregivers was advocating for him. And actually, Josh, edit this out. I think I'm violating a few rules. I was going to say, you need to watch about HIPAA. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll read what the HIPAA rules are. Um, the point is, you need to tell the doctor what's wrong. Switching over to myself, I've had trouble finding a doctor whose general prescription is not try this antidepressant. It's like, no, I know this one. I've been on this one. I don't like how I am on this one. And oh, look at this. It's on the form I gave you that said, don't give me these ones. <laughs> <laughs> Sis, uh, oh, sorry to cut in there, mom. No, go ahead. But I was about to say, sis, could you explain what your job is exactly, just so uh, everybody else can <laughs> have a clue? Oh, um, I am a caregiver. Uh, generally, we, um, the company I work for is Visiting Angels, and we don't actually get into the medical side of that. We're just an at-home care. Um, I've had a few other part-time jobs with different care companies that were bit more involved in their care. And I have friends that are also in the care community. Then depending on the company you are, that's the level you're involved with them. But the general consensus across the board is nobody is advocating for these older patients. And they're being shuffled from different doctors depending on their problems. And it's frustrating because you really have to just, sometimes you can't do anything. You have to sit there and listen to it. And you're just like, I want to hit you with the book. In case, in case people don't that are listening don't understand what patient advocacy is or advocating for a patient, that means speaking up for your rights and for the care that that you need or your patient client needs. Um, <clears throat> there are actual jobs in hospitals and different clinics that have a patient advocate that will speak up on behalf of the patient, but being young and healthy, you need to be able to do that for as long as you possibly can. And you need to be well informed so that you can be on top of your health and say, um, no, that's not right. This is what I want. This is what I deserve. On yes, that me. note, um, I know it's not something like people my age or Joshua's age thinks of, but this is when you need to start taking extensive notes Every time you go to the doctor, you need to have a care plan in place. You need to have, I know it's not something anybody RH wants to think of, but you need to have a bill written out. You need to have a piece of paper stating if you want to be brought back and what happens if you're a vegetable. Uh, like I have resuscitate. one. I'll just die. Just like I have die. one that says I am an organ donor and if I am brain dead, you have a month to see if I come back and then chop me up because it gets bad the older you get. And I refuse to be, you should not be in the position where you're 80 and you don't have anything prepared. You need to have plans in place for when you can no longer advocate for yourself. And and that's the other thing that um, I need to bring up is a medical POA, which is a medical power of attorney. You need to have that done so that if something happens and you're medically unable to make a decision and there's decisions that need to be made about your medical health, then that person can make those. 
that's the same with a POA, which is a power of attorney. Again, you can do that general, generally. So if like we've had to do it for, for you guys buying cars and different things when you weren't here to do it. Yeah. I was about to say that that's the only, I guess, kind of way that I know power of attorney is because I recently had to sign it over to you guys so that you could get my car registered back in Arkansas. Right. That's saying I'm giving this person power to sign for me a sign on my behalf for yours was very specific for this thing. Yeah. For the, this specific vehicle with, within this specific time period. Right. You can a medical. Yeah. A medical POA is for, you know, however you want to do it or whatever. I mean, you could put time frames and that kind of stuff on it. All of these forms are very, <clears throat> excuse me, easily gotten offline on a legal site. Um, they need to be notarized. They need some, some places will require that they be filed with the county. Mm. It just depends on where you are. Um, but you do need to know the medical POA or any POA is null and void once you pass away. The minute you die, that's done. Right. That's why you need a will. Yeah. And I was about to say on that note, if, if people don't know what notarized means, you can, you can go to your bank and it, um, they'll usually have somebody there that is a notary, which means that they officially witnessed you sign the form that says this other person has the power to do this for me. And they're, and they're responsible. They have to check your ID, make sure that the correct people are signing you know you can't just go in there with somebody else's id and sign for them right yeah when i when i had to get a thing notarized for the poa i just i went into my credit union and mm-hmm. the desk, i was like hey do you guys have a notary <laughs> and they're like oh yeah they're right over there just go and i was like well that was easy <laughs> and this is a frustrating subject for me because i have so many things like examples or ways I can explain this, but I'm legally not allowed to. <laughs> there you needs know, to be support groups for people like me because it, it's really hard because sometimes you're just so frustrated. But no, it's definitely made me rethink a few things because you cannot, you need to have all this sorted out before you reach the age where it's suddenly too late to sort things out. Like I have already decided I will not move into a nursing home. And I will probably not let myself get past a certain age because it, I have seen some horrible things and heard some stories. It's like, right. no, this is what will happen to me. And you need to be firm in it or they're just going to screw you over. Right. And and it's it's all about speaking up for yourself and doing what you want. I mean, a lot of people your ages have never had to make a doctor's appointment. or a dentist appointment or an eye appointment it's not hard you pick up the phone you find their number you they answer and you say hi i'm so and so i've not done this before but i need to set an appointment if you tell somebody up front especially at a doctor's office hey um I hope I got this right. I need to do this. I've never done it before. Mom's always taking care of it for me or dad's always taking care of it for me. They're usually very nice on the other end. And they will say, great, I can fit you in here. You're a new patient. Okay, we're either going to send you forms, email you forms, or you need to come in early to fill out these forms. Oh, okay, what do I need to bring? Ask questions 
to clarify what's happening because the last thing you want to do is take time off work to go to an appointment and not be prepared and not have some like your insurance card or you know not know your social security number and don't laugh yes i know people who do not know that <laughs> yeah, i was about to say you know? two two things on that on that as uh, i know some people that are older than me sis they're about your age like 24 oh i have stories <laughs> and like and they've never had a they never made an appointment because it's like the parents made them for them or they were still making them for them and then the second point i was gonna make is that I think I, whenever I show up at a doctor's office, I look helpless enough that the nurses take pity on me and <laughs> help me out. I'm like, hey, yeah, I need no, to I... do this thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, just, you know, do this. You know, just relax, chill. <laughs> I, I mean, here's the thing. If you are nice and polite, most people are going to be nice and polite back to you. And they're going to be willing to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's very easy to say, Hey, I'm new to the area. I need to, I need to have my eyes checked. I'm running out of contacts and I've noticed my eyes are changing. When can I get in? You know, here's, you know, some of them will say, well, who was your former doctor? Let me see if I can get your, a lot of them will call your doctor, your former doctor to get those records. You also need to make sure you let your former doctor know, hey, I'm moving to a new city. I'm authorizing you to release these records. They may have mm -hmm. to email you something or whatever. There's a little bit of go-between when you're switching, but it's not hard. It's just adulting. And adulting sucks, but you're an adult. So you now have to take care of yourself as an adult. Nobody likes to do it. You just have to do it. Yes, sis. On that note, read what you're signing. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just because I hand it to you at the doctor's office does not mean you blindly sign. No. Oh, and there's a person I know who's about 30, still has never made his own doctor's appointment. No, what? I'm sorry. You guys got out on your own. I don't know your schedules. I'm not making an appointment for you. I mean, I told you guys a long time ago, you've got to call and do it yourself. I don't know your schedule. I don't know what their schedule is. No. It's just sometimes yeah. certain, I act completely normal and then he says something and I just sit, stand there for a moment and I'm like, oh, oh, we need a class in high school that covers this. That should be common knowledge. How have you and he's like, I don't know. And then another friend went to make her first appointment, panicked and threw the phone to me. I'm like, <laughs> it's, you know, everybody thinks it's a scary thing. It's not. I mean, if, if it's a girl, hello, you've made a hair appointment, a nail appointment. It's the same thing. Hey, I need an appointment. Hey, whoa, mom, it's 2020. Guys can also make hair and nail appointments too. Let's just calm down. So when's your next manicure appointment? <laughs> it's for Thursday, uh, none of your business time. <laughs> Dude, I've never made a nail appointment. But that's well, me. I'm weird. So <laughs> I mean, people know how to make, you know manicure, pedicures, massage, you know, oh, I need to go and get a massage. It's just been a rough week. So you know how to make those. 
you know, and it's not always calling on to do it. A lot of it you can do online. You know, some of it may be that, you know, new patients need to call, but they also may direct you to their webpage to put stuff in. It, it just depends. It, it's not, you know, you can do research online to figure out where your favorite band is going to be and where the next concert is and da, da, da. it's the same thing for your medical. You have to, I'm sorry, I have hiccups. <laughs> you have to be on top of it and you have to take care of it yourself. I mean, let me tell you, I'm not making appointments for you. I, I have a life to lead. I don't have time to worry about it. I have enough trouble getting a vet appointment for the dog. <laughs> Just throwing this out there. You need to learn it because eventually you're going to be making appointments for your parents. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. And real quick, right before we wrap up here, mom, so it's on record. Who, who's your POA? Like if, if dad were to die or vice versa, if you were alone, who's the POA? Is it me, Ben or sis? That's you. Hell yeah. Ouch. <laughs> That's right. This is why. And I know a lot of families do it by who's the eldest. That's not how we do it. We do it by who's the... I, yeah, you're, I, I'm trying to be careful responsible. Here. Say the word responsible. <laughs> no, no. Don't you say the word responsible. <laughs> no, you guys are all responsible, but in different ways and how you handle things. Josh, you're very much like your father and you do have a lot of me where it's very. This brass is how tax it only. <laughs> do what? Said brass tax only. <laughs> yes. hey, don't you go putting her in a home. I will be interviewing the homes. Oh, there there are. Stories. You're not going to any home. Your father and I have this worked out. I'm gonna feed him to the sharks. Ha Shark So yeah. Anyway. All right. Awesome. And me being a, a single, unmarried dude. Um. <laughs> My my power of attorney just defaults to my parents, so have fun with that one. If well, here's the other thing I wanted to say earlier. You need to be aware that different places look at it different ways. You need to make sure that, you know, if you're an adult in your 20s, I may not be able to do anything at the hospital, even though I'm your mom. Gotcha. They, you know, you have to, you have to be responsible and proactive and, and to say, Oh yeah, I need this. I mean, I can go in there and, and trust me, I can throw the biggest fit. I can pull out the Southern accent and they're going to look at me and go, well, our rules are this and sorry. I'm going to be like, actually mine's split. Like you and dad have power of attorney under certain situations. Josh has power of attorney under certain situations oh, and Ben snap. has power of attorney under the what's left over. <laughs> Good to know. I mean, and here's the other thing you need to understand power of attorney dies when you die. Cause you are no longer alive. You can no longer enter into any kind of contract or anything like that. So that's why a will is very important as well. Like if I'm brain dead, Josh and Ben have a month and then they have to pull the plug. Oh, thank God it's you because I can't do that. Uh, I know. That's why you're not it. 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that guy, I that... thought about it. You all are power of attorney in the situations that's your strength. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I need, I, mean, to, I need to charge my phone. Just unplug it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and my ghost will be sitting there screaming, don't you plug me back in, you bastard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, that's the, that's the thing. It, it's You need to think, and Felicity was very smart. She thought about situations and went, who can handle this in the best way? Is it going to be my brothers? Is it going to be my parents? If it's my parents, which one? Do I give them both? Do I? And that's the thing. You need to look at it as, okay, here we go. Who has what? Who's in my life? Who's permanently there? What do we need to do? And the other, you need to look at that stuff and update it, whether you make it you know, your New Year's Day thing that you do is relook at your will and make sure that's good. Relook at your power of attorneys, your, you know, all of that. Multiple copies. Right. And you need to have multiple copies of it. And you need to go, okay, how do I need to do this? It all needs to be dated, especially your wills um, and your POAs. Make sure they're dated and you go, okay. Um, so, you know, it comes five years down the road and you're looking at it and you go, Oh, wait, I'm not in the same country as my, um, as my siblings, I need to change this a little bit. So, you know, there's a lot of things to look at and do it once a year. It's not, you know, it doesn't have to be morbid. My you thing know, is like, like when I die, the only firm thing in my will is I will not be buried in a box. You either cremate me or you do the pod thing where I get planted with a tree because I totally want to be a haunted tree. I want it to be a willow. I want to be able to pick the kids up when they come to the and just beat the shit out. I was about to say we should do the pod thing. I'm going to put that in my will. I want to be put in a pod. I mean, it, it's being proactive. It doesn't have to be whatever. It's being proactive. It's taking care of it. And if you're doing that now, it's not as traumatic for your loved ones who are left behind. The worst thing you can do is die and not have anything sorted out. Yeah. Exactly. And on that note, adulting is hard. It takes time. Think about your health. Think about who you want in charge of your health if you can't be in charge of it. Um, and for this week, I've been Josh. I'm Mom. I'm V. All right. And please join us next week. And um, see you then. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.